Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 562 of the Juicebox Podcast. I'm certain that you've heard me say that I talk to people all the time outside of the podcast about type 1 diabetes. Well, I can't anymore. This podcast has become so popular, I just don't have the time. But I didn't want to stop having the conversations. So now, if somebody asks me, I just say, okay, can we record it? And Katie is the first person to say yes. Katie was willing to have a vulnerable conversation where she did not know what she was talking about and was asking for help. And so we had this conversation together, and I recorded it. And now it's a podcast episode. Definitely important to remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. That's very important because Katie and my conversation is, is pretty full of me, you know, telling Katie what I think. So just remember, I'm not a doctor and this is not advice. It's just the Juice Box podcast. This episode of the Juicebox Podcast is sponsored by Omnipod, makers of the Omnipod Dash and the Omnipod Promise, which I'll tell you about later in the show. But for now, find out if you're eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash at omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Today's program is also sponsored by Dexcom, makers of the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. You'll learn more about that at dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Get started today. I almost scared myself with my own deep voice just there. I was like, today's episode, I, I can't even do it again. It just happened by mistake. Hold on, I'll try one time for you. <clears throat> I'm ready. <clears throat> Here I come. Today's episode of the Juice Box Podcast. Whoa, you feel that? Room rattled me right to my core. You are the inaugural one of these. In all of the years that I've been doing this, and one could argue that these phone calls led to the podcast in some way. Um, I've never recorded one of these. So thank you. And hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello. Yeah. Well, I have like a really old, like came with my phone um, headset thing. You sound great. And so if you can't hear me well, it's probably that because well, it's kind of old. Wait, don't talk bad of it because you look, you sound terrific. And I, <laughs> I was a little low on my end. I had to turn it up a little. So that's the only reason okay. I couldn't hear you for a second. So okay. do we want to keep your name out of this or do you not mind using your first name or what's up? I don't care. Look at you. I don't think it, there's many people that will know me. So <laughs> are you afraid you're going to say something? I, I don't want you to feel impeached because this is going to be like a real loose conversation about management where I ask a lot of questions. You answer. I talk for a while. I ask you if you have questions like it's going to go back and forth like that. It might take like 45 minutes. Is that OK? Yeah, no, I, I, I'm fine with it. I, you know, I've been listening to your podcast for a little bit and. I, you know, I've been struggling and my husband's been struggling with Gage's care. Gage is my son. Mm -hmm. And, you know, your podcast really honestly changed the game for us. And it's so sad to say kind of that, 
you know, a podcast changed it for us more than our doctors did, you know, so I'm glad it helped. I'm cool with with all of it. I don't you know. All right. OK, so um, just because the just because we're recording it, just introduce yourself very quickly and tell me a little bit about your son. Um, so my name is Katie and Gage is my three-year-old autistic son that also was diagnosed with type one. He was just diagnosed like six months ago. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of new to everything. Okay. All right. So it's, I have to stop myself because I get questions right away. Like stuff starts popping into my head to ask you. And that's not what we're doing today. This is not a regular episode of the podcast. <laughs> I, you started saying that. I was like, ooh, question here about this and then this. And then, But no. So if if this was a regular phone call, if you were a per- So I guess first I should say this. There are three main types of people who reach out to me privately. Um, I'm going to say they're the type A people who have figured it almost completely out, but still get like a weird rise somewhere and they want it to be perfect and they can't figure out how to make it perfect and they think I can help them. That one's always an interesting conversation because not that it's hard to take seriously, but when someone's like, hey, I have a 6-1-A-1-C, but I get a little bit of a rise at lunchtime. <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, you're doing great. And they're like, no, I'm not. I'm like, all right. So there's that person. Type A really wants things to be perfect. There is the person who is generally lost and just doesn't know what to do and has gotten so desperate that they're willing to reach out to a, a stranger on the phone. And then there's the third person who I think of as having common sense, seeing that what's going on doesn't make sense. They feel like they know what they want to do, but it so flies in the face of what their doctor told them that they're frozen and they can't act. Do you fall in any of those three categories? Um, I would say probably... The last one. Okay. The, you know, definitely not the first, <laughs> but more like the second and the last for sure. Yeah. I have to tell you, um, no disrespect, but I don't, I, you wouldn't want to be in the first group. <laughs> Those people seem tortured no. when I'm talking to them. <laughs> They're just no, like, that kind of makes me angry. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Katie. Like, like, shut up. You got to figure it out. Like, <laughs> nah. but, but the, you know, it's it's sort of like, you know, once you furnished your house, but you still have one old table in the corner, you could live with it. But you're like, oh, I do want to fix that up, too. So, yeah, you know, that's it's, true. everyone, listen, everyone's at a different spot. I would hope that you will be some someday at a point where you're, you actually have that thought like, oh, is A1C is 5.9. But I wonder if I could make it 5.5 five by right. know, that. I mean, I don't see why you couldn't. OK, so then the call would start. I feel like I'm narrating the call, which I'm going to have to stop doing and just just talk with you. (laughs) But you would jump on the phone. You'd be like, hey, I'm Katie. And I'd say, hey, Katie, how are you? I hope you don't mind if I clean a toilet or pick up leaves in my backyard while we do this. And you'd say no, because I mean, what are you going to say? And uh, (laughs) and then I go, uh, listen, Katie, it's really important for you to know that I'm not a doctor, that nothing we're going to talk about on this call is advice. If I misspeak or you misunderstand me and that kid of yours ends up dead it's not my fault i'm gonna need you i'm gonna i'm gonna need you to respond audibly that you understand and yes <laughs> right i totally understand right. yeah and all i'm really going to talk about with you is what i do 
and how I see it being applicable to what's happening to you. That really is like all this is going to be, but I think it's going to be really helpful for you. So then I start asking questions and I say, how old, how long, what insulin, what tech? So he's four. Is that right? He's three. Three, excuse me. And look at me already. (laughs) It's okay. He's almost four. Really? Four in July. Four in July. How much does he weigh? Oh, geez. I don't know. I, I would say probably like 40 pounds. He's pretty solid. 40 pounds, almost four years old. You said he, had, he has autism? Yes. I don't know why that's important to this, but I'm going to write it down just in case I forget. Uh, and he's had diabetes for about six months. Yep. Which insulin do you use? So he is, he does the shots, mm-hmm. um, the pens. So he's on Humalog. Okay. Uh, during the day, like for his meals and stuff and right. then he gets um basil gar at night mm-hmm. so which is like flantis yep and you have a cgm yes he has a dexcom g6 okay can you take your phone for me pull out his dexcom turn it landscape go to 24 hours take a screenshot of it and text it to me <laughs> sure cool <laughs> You're not going to be very happy. No, 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 no. You misunderstand. Don't feel judged. I need to see it so I know how we can fix it. Don't don't worry about what it looks like now. Think about what it's going to look like (laughs) tomorrow. Um, My next question would be, is somebody home with him all the time or is he in daycare or with another person? So he was um, he was in school, a special education school. Mm hmm. And he had to leave because they don't have a nurse or anyone that felt comfortable giving him insulin. Yeah, that happens. So, which is complete BS. But anyway, that's a whole other story. Yeah. So he, um, no, he's no longer in school or daycare. My husband actually left his job to stay home with him. Oh, tell him that worked out well for me. I don't know how old you are. I know. <laughs> I was like, I told him, I was like, you'd love this podcast because it's a stay at home dad. Yes. And, and I don't have you to know, shame he every takes day. care of his kid. Yeah. <laughs> I, and really, that's if you're looking for the biggest uh, high side of being a stay at home dad, it's not having to shave every day. Um, and I, I didn't. I, I'm sorry. Do you know how to text that to me? You maybe don't. Right. Um. So is I mean, it like you're like a cell phone number? Yeah, or? yeah. I'll give it to you. Just let me know when you're ready for it. I'm ready. Six. Nine. Zero. Th- and that's totally getting bleeped out. So zero. Yes. All right. Let's see if that works. It did. I have it. Okay. Except you didn't turn it landscape. Oh, whoops. <laughs> I'm not very good at it. All right, Katie, that's it. This phone calls <laughs> over. You break one rule and no, no. Could you do it again for me? <laughs> All right. Let's try again. You're in luck. This is going to be easy. Oh, well, that makes me feel better. (laughs) All right. I have to turn rotate back on on my phone because I always turn it off. (laughs) All right. Right now, the people listening, which are people from the future, are like, come on, Katie. (laughs) Seriously. Like, how old are you? (laughs) Get to it. I got things to do. They're getting this as a bonus episode. So you people stop complaining. Okay. Come on. give Give me a break here. Leave Katie alone. I don't know if you heard. She's got a three-year-old with autism and type 1 diabetes. You're lucky she's still in the house. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> honestly. So you ever go to the grocery store and just think, huh, 
maybe I'll just keep driving. <laughs> just going to stay here for an extra hour. <laughs> and I, I talked to a, a, a woman yesterday who had four children. And while I was, I was having what were, the conversation you and I are about to have with her and um, her kids were screaming nonstop in the background. And I said, I said to her, do you ever think you just maybe are going to go? And she goes, it occurs to me sometimes. <laughs> All right, here we are. I got it. Thank you. All right. Now I got the graph. And um, normally I don't have to explain the graph while I'm talking because you're looking at it too. But let me just say out loud for people who are listening. It looks like you have your high alarm set at 250, your low alarm set at 70. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> Ish. So we're, it's it sounds bad, but he goes high so much that we're like, you know, we might as well set it a little higher because we're going to fix it. Yeah. I mean, we get alarms all the time. Yeah, Katie, we're going to fix that. We're going to make it so that that doesn't happen. Um, so I am looking at a graph that runs from about 10 a.m. to 10 a.m. Right about there. Um Back at 10 a.m. the other the day before, I see blood sugars around 250 that came down to about 220, stayed stable for a couple of hours at 220. Then it looks like there's food that pops it back to 250. Is that right? That makes sense to you? That first spike up that happens on the left of that graph, does that look like a meal? Katie, are you still there? Katie, uh, what the f*** happened? Hello? Oh, wait, she's muted. That's hilarious. Oh. What in the f*** happened, Katie? <laughs> Did your phone Can you die? hear me? Yeah, what happened? Well, my phone, I don't know what happened. My phone um, just shut off, and now it's like turning on and off and on and off. <laughs> but you can hear me okay? Yeah, without, what, what are you, what are you my calling? headphones aren't working. I had to use my husband's phone. Oh, okay. And they're not, the headphones aren't working on it. Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Just kind of try to keep it still. You just have it up to your head? Yeah. Yeah, just keep it from rubbing your face or your hair brushing by the microphone. We'll be okay. 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 So I went through a ton of ideas uh, what may have happened to you. Struck by lightning in your home. Um, I thought possibly you left your family. And <laughs> um, I, I mused that perhaps, you know, uh, sometimes frozen urine gets dropped from airplanes and goes through people's homes. Wouldn't that have been crazy? I thought maybe a car crashed through your front window. Um, and, 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 and <laughs> we can then, go with all of that. You and know? Then when I texted you, you didn't answer. I was like, hmm, this is curious. I think her phone just died. Yeah, I don't know. It's still turning on and off, so I don't know what's <laughs> going on with it. Can you imagine if, like, like, it worked yesterday, right? What would you use it for yesterday? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, it's it has done it, done that before, but... Well, let's let that go now, okay? So where we were was I was looking at the graph, which can you see? Or not anymore? Hold on. Let me see. Are you still there? I am, of course. Oh, my God. I feel so old right now. <laughs> How old are you? 31. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I can still see his graph. Good for you. Uh, I'm on my husband's phone, though, so... If you need something else, it'll be from a different number. Don't, don't worry about it. I'm just, I, I just want you to, I want to talk through the graph and you be able to see it. That's all. Okay. So my, my, so I was starting to describe it when you disappeared. Um, what I'm seeing is about 10 a.m. to 10 a.m., 24 hours. Um, at the very beginning of the graph, I have about a 250 blood sugar coming down. 
and then it levels off around 220-ish, and it stays there for an hour or so, and then it pops back up again. Is that quick pop-up some sort of food, I'm imagining? Probably, yeah. Okay, and then a bolus, which did drive the blood sugar down over the next hour or so, probably to like 130, but then it pops again once they go back up, then it drops back down, then it goes back up to 180, and now we're at 4 p.m., he's 180. It looks like somebody puts in insulin, he drops down, but then he spikes. Uh, then he drops harshly to 65-ish. Um, it looks like somebody intervenes with some fast-acting sugar, which drives, or food, and drives him super up almost to 300 over the next 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock time. Uh, it looks like it gets it drops down again. It hits 200 around 10, 11 o'clock and stays, stu- and stays reasonably stable between 180 and 220 from 10 p.m. until uh, 7 or so when I'm assuming he ate, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then comes back up and now in most recently around 930 took a sharp upturn, which looks like food that wasn't covered well with insulin. So, right. okay. So there's a lot of stability in your graph. And by that, I mean there are long stretches of time where the blood sugar is not vacillating up and down wildly. And I take that as good news. Um, okay. And you, so you don't know how to bolus meals and your basil's probably a little weak. Um, and we're going to figure out how to tell you how to do that right now. So what is, um, how much basil is he using that Baslagar and, and when do you inject it? So we don't give it to him till nighttime. Okay. So like right before bed, like nine, nine, anywhere between nine and 10. Nine and 10. And he gets six units of that. Six units. Bazagar around nine or 10 PM. What do you think his correction ratio is? And what's his meal ratio? Um, correct. Is Katie, I lost you. Katie, I lost you. Oh, can you not hear me? I got you right now. Correction is what? Um, 115. 115 for a unit. And meal ratio? So breakfast is 18. Lunch and dinner are 14. All right. This has mostly been set up by your doctor, I imagine. Yeah. I mean, the whole, we don't really gotcha. deviate at all from what they say, which... I know we could, but yeah, well, it's okay. We don't. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't something you had done. Um, hold on a second. Seven. You said seven units. Excuse me. How many units of Baslagar at night? Six. Six. Okay. Six divided by 24 is 0.25 an hour. I'm going to guess he could handle more than that. So... Point four times twenty-four is nine point six. That would be point four if we did point three five times twenty-four, we get eight point four eight. Okay. All right, now I have to ask you some questions. The lows that I see, and or I know they're not all, they're not actually low. Actually, let's go through that really quickly. What do you consider low? Hey, this is a good place to drop in the ads because we're going to really get rolling after this and I don't want to break up the flow. 
Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. You have insulin? Are you using it for your diabetes? Yeah, probably want a Dexcom. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. See your blood sugar in real time, right there on your cell phone if you like, or on the Dexcom receiver. I'm picking my phone up right now. My daughter is at school. Her blood sugar is 115 and extremely stable. Although, if I'm being honest, it started to rise up about 35 minutes ago from where it was sitting at 85. Yes, it doesn't look like food though, although it could be, but Arden would have had to make a really rock solid bolus for this to be a food rise. You know what, just for you guys, give me a second, I'm gonna text her, I'll be right back. Through the magic of editing, I am right back. It turns out Arden did make a bolus for food. How crazy is this? I can see right on the CGM, I'm looking. She's got this nice stability, 9, 10, 11 o'clock in the mid 80s. Everything looks good. And then I see a bit of a rise, but it's not drastic, you know? So it either looks to me like Arden's insulin needs changed all of a sudden, or she's impacted her blood sugar somehow with carbs. And I just texted her and turns out she did. As a matter of fact, Arden bolused for 65 grams of carbs about 11 a.m. Oh, look at that. Isn't that cool? 10.55 a.m. Arden boluses, and I see the rise beginning in the in a few minutes after that. The rise is controlled over the next 20 minutes and is leveling off now in the 115 range. So I'm thinking Arden did a really good job bolusing for whatever she had. But I can see that on my phone. So imagine what else I could see. An unexpected drop, an unexpected rise. Dexcom doesn't just show you that Arden's blood sugar is 115, it shows me that she's stable. If she was rising or falling, it would show me that too, and tell me at what rate that was happening. She could also be sharing this information with up to 10 followers. Right now, it's just my wife and I looking at it, but could be her school nurse or a friend or a loved one of any kind. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. See the speed and direction of your blood sugar in real time. Let's talk about Omnipod for a moment before we get back to Katie. You may be eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash. Go to omnipod.com forward slash juice box to find out. That's it. A free 30-day trial. Are you kidding me? What do you, are you still, I can't even believe you're still listening. You should be at omnipod.com forward slash juice box finding out if you're eligible right now. If you are, Give it a shot. And if you're not, you could always get them to send you a free no obligation demo pod just to try on and see what you think. That way you could at least get a feel for what it's like to wear the Omnipod. There are a lot of options. Head over to Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox to find out about them. Now, maybe you're thinking right now, yeah, Scott, I would, but I'm waiting for the next big thing from Omnipod. I'm hearing it's coming soon. I don't want to get this thing and get stuck with it. Well, you won't, because with the Omnipod Promise, you can upgrade to Omnipod's latest technologies for no additional cost as soon as they are available to you and covered by insurance. Terms and conditions apply, but you'll get those details at my link. You're not locked into anything. There's no reason to wait. Get started today. Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box links in the show notes links at juiceboxpodcast.com when you use my links you're supporting the show all right let's get back to katie thanks for listening to this um 
So I, I get worried when it's at like 65 and it's like an arrow down. Cool. Katie, you're my kind of girl. All right. So low is 65 just for our conversation. Um, what are you calling high in your head? 250? Because that's where you set the alarm? No, I mean, I know that high, I mean, high to me is like 180 Good. and above. Excellent. But that's great. I just want to make sure we're using the same uh, definitions of things while we're talking. So um, you don't pre-bolus meals, right? We just started pre-bolusing. Um, but I don't think that we're timing it right. Mm-hmm. How long out are you doing it? It looks like I don't know, maybe it looks maybe like, like maybe ten minutes. I was gonna say it looks like five. five. It looks like five to ten minutes. So yeah, yeah, that's not pre-bolusing um, enough. That would be like if if you started with a condom and then took it off halfway through and said, "I practice safe sex." You kind of don't. <laughs> so um, look at me feeling pressure to be funny because I know it's being recorded. That's interesting. Uh, that's a look into my <laughs> brain. Um, okay, so here's what we need to do. Need to get your basal right. We need to teach you how to pre-bolus better. And we have to talk about the glycemic load and glycemic index of the foods he's eating. So what kinds of food is he eating? So he's eating really horrible food. Um, <laughs> That's a girl. Be honest. Let's I'm, go. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> let's, let's I'm not going to beat around the bush. Let's he he has that the typical autistic diet where he pretty much eats the same exact things every day, which is kind of good in our case. But. Um, it's all high carb, like processed crap. Give me some um, ideas of, of some, some selections. So like chicken nuggets, mm-hmm. um, we try to get him like we buy him the organic veggie breaded ones, um, that Walmart sells. So they're, we pretend that they're healthy. Um, <laughs> and he eats uh, those pre-made peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah. So I can't remember. They're called Uncrustables. Uh-huh. So those are two huge things for him. So that's either lunch or dinner every day for him with right. like snacks. So like uh, a fruit strip. Um, he eats those go-go squeezes. Um, trying to think like, you know, like Cheez-Its, anything chippy like yep. he likes so you know, I, basically carbs <laughs> i have to tell you after hearing that list of foods you're doing really well so, okay <laughs> yeah, don't don't i mean you did not list one thing that is easy to bolus for no and and that's the thing is he like he really likes oatmeal but we kind of had to <laughs> pretend oatmeal doesn't that. exist anymore <laughs> Yeah, because we give, we give him oatmeal, and he would be like 300 all day. If Brandy is listening, the, the person I spoke to yesterday, she told her child that because of COVID that you can't get Fruity Pebbles right now. <laughs> I thought that was brilliant. Well, that's a good idea. <laughs> um, anyway, okay. Uh, I don't normally have to ask this question, but how how well does he understand you? How well are you comfortable that he's going to eat when you give him food, stuff like that? So he's non, he's pretty much completely nonverbal, like communication wise, Mm -hmm. but he, um, he pretty much eats everything that we give him. Okay. Um, and that's why, like in the beginning of this whole thing, they were like, do not pre bolus, you know, because he's so young, you don't know if he's going to eat, 
but we pretty much know he's going to eat everything. Um, so there's been a couple times where he didn't and he plummeted and we had to give him juice. But other than that, I mean, he, he doesn't know that he has to eat everything or he's, yeah. you know, his sugar is going to plummet. Right. right. But you but, get him to drink something if there's a, uh, an emergency or something like that. Right. Okay. So if we did pre-bolus for something and he's not eating it, I would just give him something I know he's going to eat, like a fruit strip or something else. Right. Well, so there's uh, there's a couple of different things here. And uh, I just want to walk you through some ideas before I tell you what I'm thinking. So, uh, you know, to start over again, if the basil's not right, even a well-timed bolus isn't going to work, even if it's right. So say for say say somehow you know Jesus comes to you and says, "Hey, this one unit per eighteen carbs is the exact right meal bolus for Gage." Um, even if that's true, like just undeniably true, if your basil's wrong, it won't matter. So imagine that you know, you're, you're having a meal here and it's 40 carbs and Gage is probably getting about two and a half units of insulin for that. Right. And his basal is six units a day, but maybe it should really be eight units a day. And if that's the case, some of the bolus that you're putting in when you're injecting for meals is really just making up for the job of the basal insulin. There's not enough there. So, you know, if you needed 10 guys to, I don't know, cut your lawn and only five of them showed up when two more show up, you're still not going to get the job done the way you're supposed to, but be a hell of a lawn, wouldn't it? Uh, but you know, um, the point is, is that you, if you don't have enough basil, then your boluses are going towards basil's job. And then they're not able to go towards their job of handling the meals. Additionally, you're by not pre bolusing, you're letting the food get way out ahead of the, of the of the the insulin. So there's just no way for the insulin to catch up. So again, if you don't have enough basil and you're putting in your insulin in a way where it doesn't have a chance, even if you use the right amount of insulin, you're bolusing for the food, not the are you correcting when you're bolusing for meals? So if he's 220 before a meal, are you correcting the 220 and bolusing the food? Yeah. Okay. And that's still not working. All right, good. Uh, and I say good because then it makes me more comfortable talking about the the basal insulin. So the basal insulin that we give him at night, the Lantus or the basal gar, mm -hmm. um, that is supposed to be holding him over all, for 24 hours, not just at night. Yes. So, okay. Um, your basal insulin has one job. Uh, when you're on MDI, um, you shoot it in. It goes in, it kind of crystallizes under the skin and slowly melts away. And its entire job is to over 24 hours until you put it in again to hold your blood sugar stable at a number. So meaning away from food and away from bolus insulin, you know, meal insulin, your blood sugar should be super stable at a number. And if you're using enough insulin, that number can be as low as you want it to be. So see how super stable he is overnight? You know yeah. what I mean? If he had more basal insulin, he'd be super stable lower. That's it. And so when he, if he gets on 
because we're trying to get him on the Omnipod. Mm -hmm. If he gets on that, I think I've heard you say before that it kind of, it like does it all day, not just at like once. Right. What'll happen? Let's say that, let's say we've, can you shoot half units of Basilgar or just full units? It's a, it's a half. You can do a half, a half. unit. Okay, good. So let's say. Oh, I, no, no, no. The basal gar is one unit one at unit, a time. One unit at a time. So let's say we figure out that his basal gar is eight units a day instead of six. And I'm when we're done here, I'm going to tell you to try seven. Like how long? I, I'm going to tell you to try seven tonight and then look at your graph again and decide if it could be more. Right. And I don't know if it's going to be or not, but with such a carb heavy diet that's so consistent. And I'm imagining, am I right? Is he active or not particularly active during the day? He's pretty active. active. I mean, it's kind of hard right now with it being cold. Yeah. Um, But yeah, he's he's always moving around. He doesn't sit down for much. So we'll just make up that we come up with seven being the right amount. Okay. And then you get an Omnipod. So what we'll do is we'll take the seven. We'll divide it by 24, the hours in the day. And you'll start your Omnipod at 0.3 units an hour of basil. So every hour, the pod will give you 0.3 units of basil, and it will spread it out over the hour. So it just kind of like spurts little bits throughout the hour, just constantly putting it in until you get 0.3 every hour, and it just keeps going 24 hours a day. And the great part about that is is that you can increase it if you're having a particularly stuck day, or you can decrease it if you're having a lower day. Or you're going to like say he's more active. Say you're going to a trampoline park or something like that. You might then say, well, I really don't. He's not going to need 0.3 today. Today's going to need like 0.1. Like imagine you could reach inside of his body right now and turn up the Basilgar or turn it down. You're actually going to be able to do that with a pump. But for now, I'm what I'm guessing is at 40 pounds, he could probably handle more like 0.3. And he's not getting that. He's getting 6 divided by 24. He's getting 0.25. And that could be a big difference for him. So another 0.05 times 24 is, yeah, 1.2 more units of basil a day. And it might be four. It might be um, 0.4. It might end up being eight units. I have no idea. But if I was you, the first thing I would do is tonight, I'd give him seven units of basil, basilgar, instead of instead of six. Because, okay. this, because even when he's down near 100, it's only because you're driving him down with a lot of like injections. It looks like, does that make, does that right? Yeah. You know? I mean, we still think that like there's a couple days during the week that we're convinced that he's still honeymooning because be. we like have to give him juice all day long. Mm-hmm. But then there's some days that it does seem like it, that is what is going on. Okay. Like, so on those days where it seems like he's honeymooning, Instead of just giving him juice, because you get caught in the loop, you're like, oh, hello, here's some juice. And then he goes back Mm -hmm. up, and then he comes back, and you're like, oh, here's more juice. Just give him something more substantial. Give him a half of one of those peanut butter things or a bite of one of those peanut butter things. Put something in his stomach that's going to stay in his stomach for a while on days like that. Because on days like that, when his body's doing the work or some of the work, the basal insulin you gave him is still doing what it's doing. So since you can't shut it off when you're injecting it, you need to put, you need to then think of the basal insulin like a bolus. I know that's like a weird leap to make, but you can give him uncovered carbs. And if you give him enough of them, that will sit in the stomach and digest more slowly. 
then that will hold his blood sugar up longer than juice, right. than juice, which will go in and try to fight with that extra basil that he doesn't need because his pancreas is making some insulin today. And that it's just the, the juice gets overwhelmed and basically burned off too quickly to help you. So you have to put something more substantial in, in those situations. Okay. Okay. So mm -hmm. the graph I'm looking at here, is this a pretty, a pretty common graph for most days? Um, yeah. I mean, if you looked at it like a few days ago, you'd be like, what the heck? Cause that was when he, we think he was still honeymooning and he was like dropping down quick mm -hmm. okay. every hour. But I would say probably we've been trying to do it like there's some days I that I'll look at it while I'm at work and I'm like, wow, he's he's doing really good today. And, you know, he's in like the 119 area mm -hmm. for most of the day, okay. but he does jump up pretty high. Um, so I'd say, yeah, probably. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. OK, so the next thing here is is the meal insulin. So. I want you to um, try to imagine a uh, tug of war. So we got a rope and on one side, there's one team on the other side, there's another team. Let's call one team insulin and call the other team carbs. All right. And in a normal tug of war, the goal is for one team to win, right? There's a flag hanging in the middle of the rope and you're trying to pull the flag to your side. Mostly what's happening is your carbs are winning that tug of war you're playing a slightly different game. You don't want anyone to win the tug of war. You want the flag to stay in the middle. You want the carbs to pull as hard as they can while the insulin is pulling as hard as it can and no one, neither side, be able to overwhelm the other. So when you see a really flat line, that's what's happening. What's happening, is, you know, when you see somebody online, they're like, look at me, I bolused for Chinese food and I'm 80 and stable and you're over there cursing at them. And, and the, the point is, is that they've balanced the impact of the carbs against the action of the insulin perfectly. You're not doing that. So what you're doing is you're setting up the rope, giving everybody the rope, and you're telling the carbs, hey, you go ahead and pull now, but insulin, you're not going to get to pull for 10 minutes, right? So even if you were to start at a great blood sugar, say he was 85 and he's super stable. Say we figure out his basal, he's 85, he's super stable when he's away from food and you're just like, we're so good at this. And then you go to feed him food and he eats his crustable, but you put in the insulin five minutes before. So the insulin goes in, in five minutes it's doing nothing. He starts eating that crustable, it starts hitting him almost immediately and now the rope starts getting pulled towards the carbs. He goes 85, he goes 90, he goes 95, he's 110, he's 125, now you're diagonal up, 131, arrow goes straight up. This sound familiar? Yep. Yep, okay. And now he's <laughs> flying up, 150, 180, boom. And then all of a sudden it starts to dip a little bit, 180, 200, it's catching, it's catching. Oh, I think it's going to work, it's going to work. No, it's not, 220, 250, ah. right? That right there is when the insulin started working. Because without the insulin at all, his blood sugar would have went for forever up because he has diabetes. So right when you start seeing it to slow down and then it starts to level off, that time, that's how long it took for the insulin to have him like sway over the food, right? So now right. imagine if you put the insulin in 15 minutes before he ate, then you'd be telling the insulin, go ahead and pull sooner. And you'll keep messing with that a little sooner, right? A little later. Sometimes it's a little more, it's a little less. And you figure out timing and amount. You got to use the right amount of insulin 
at the right time. If you do that, you can eat anything, anything, and your blood sugar won't go up. It has to be the right amount at the right time. Now, some foods are going to take an insane amount of insulin over other foods. You know, I'm bolusing well for broccoli is not as hard as bolusing well for Chex Mix or oatmeal or something like that. But it can be done if you can figure it out. So the first thing you have to do is pre-bolus longer. So, and you actually have to do it. What happens? You guys put it in and then you lose your nerve and give them the food? No. So no. like in the morning, it's hard because he wakes up and he's like ready to eat. Like, yeah. give me all the food. And, you know, with his autism, he gets... He gets really aggressive and upset and mm -hmm. it's almost like, okay, are we going to, what are we going to deal with? Are we going to deal with him beating us up until <laughs> the insulin kicks in or, do you have you to know. wake him up in the morning or does he wake himself up? He pretty much wakes himself up. There's some mornings where we, where he, uh, my husband has to, cause of, he has like therapies and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but he, he pretty much is about, about, you know, yeah. Similar time? Yeah. Okay. Does his blood sugar start going up before he eats ever? This, when he wakes up, it starts to go up. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say good because that means he wakes up, I'd give him insulin. Like right away. And how is he with the shots? Does he mind them? <laughs> he, he doesn't like them. He doesn't like them. I, but no. My, my, and it, that's why we want to get him on the pump because we literally have to like hold him like yeah. it's pretty it's pretty aggressive you know mm -hmm. like my husband has to hold him down pretty hard for certain places you know i used to have to hold i used to have to run after arden as she giggled and ran away from me so um and then i'd have to <laughs> grab her and hold her and i'd be like come on i had the needle in my teeth and it was you know i'm sure it was very hygienic uh but my the reason i asked the question was because i was wondering if he just didn't mind the insulin injections could we do two in the morning like um wake him up pop in a unit just to get it going and then bolus for the food. You know, I'm trying to think of ways for you to do that, but you're right. If you get to a pump, then either, you know, I, what I would do is I would say to myself, how much insulin does a meal, does breakfast usually take? Can you yeah. tell me about how much? Um, yeah, I've got, I've actually got his chart right in front of me. And so he averages usually like three, like anywhere between two and three mm -hmm. in the morning for breakfast. Okay. And you think that when he wakes up, how soon is it before he eats? Pretty quick. Like after he wakes up? Yeah, after he wakes up, when's he eating, time-wise? Um, so my husband says, like, within 20 minutes to a half hour. 20 minutes to a half hour. But it would be sooner if it could be. Like, like if you just, if you gave him the, if you, if you like, whipped the, the peanut butter and jelly at him in the bed, he'd start eating it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you you have. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. So you have control of when he can start eating. So, um, I I have to say, if that's the exact scenario you're describing, he wakes up. I inject the insulin as soon as he wakes up. Would and, you at the end? You would do for the blood sugar that it is when he wakes up, and what you're going to feed him. Hundred percent. Do both. Yeah, but we're also going to try to get him to wake up at a better blood sugar. But yes, I would. <laughs> That means to be okay. per to be perfectly honest. At any point overnight last night, I would have tried to move his blood sugar with an injection while he was sleeping. Okay. Yeah, we have done that once. Um, he was pretty high one night, and we yeah just went in and gave him some. But it, and it, I don't even think that it did a ton. Well, it's probably because he doesn't have enough basil too. But um, 
So that's so understand if if the basil's only in there enough to hold him at 200 overnight and you put in a little bit of insulin, he'll dip down, but then his body function will push him back up again. So even though he doesn't have food, his body's still making glucose in different ways. And so and wait, trust me, in a couple more years when he starts growing, it's going to get worse. So it's good you're figuring it out now. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I mean, how much like how much insulin would have moved him from 200 to 100 last night, do you think? Like forget the chart for a minute. What do you think it would have taken? Well, we did last night before he went to bed, we had to give him a, a unit. Then that's when he was like 300, like around 9:30 or so. He was that's probably what yeah, so we wrote it down at at 9:10, he was 242. And we gave him a unit. Um, and then he popped to 300 and then came back down. Can I ask you, did he jump up from the anxiety of the injection, do you think? Do you know? Because if he doesn't like the shots, anxiety and adrenaline can push your blood sugar up. So he actually was asleep when we gave him um, okay. So he his, was headed up anyway. Last night. Yeah. yeah. So he, oh, he, I see he doesn't mind did. them when he's sleeping. I see. Okay. <laughs> I see what you did here. He's low around six, seven-ish. He he does this fire up, and around 250, you're like, oh, hell. And you gave him insulin, and it still powered through that insulin up to almost 300 before it started to come back down. So I know you don't see that, but if you're looking at the graph, that's what I see. Yeah, I mean, right. pretty much. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to tell you that, see the two dots that are the 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 harsh up and then there's two dots that are closer one that's farther away and then they get tight again around like maybe eight or nine right in there yeah he's sharply going up there that's when i would have given him the insulin for that like you waited like you you really you 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 let um you let the momentum get on the side of of the blood sugar so even though you put a unit in he only he went 250 to 300 then back down to 180 and then see how he starts rising again once the unit's out of him? That's because he doesn't have enough basil. That's exactly what that is. And even though the basil was in him all night and it did try to get him down, it only ever got him as low as like 170, maybe 175. So yeah, I think I think another unit of basil is a great start. I honestly think if you do another unit of basil and try to do a longer pre-bolus, let's just call it 15 minutes for now, Okay. Um, I think tomorrow's graph looks substantially better. I wouldn't even want to mess with your ratios until we could get the basil right and then um, get your get and get your pre boluses right because I can't I can't tell if your ratios are they might be way too heavy and you don't realize it and and you're just making up for the basil all the time. Do you has anything that I've said so far not made sense or been confusing? No, I I mean it's it's all. Making sense. It's all. It all makes sense Good. when you kind of ex- explain it a little bit better than the doctor said. I mean, I didn't even know that the basal guard stays in his system that long. I thought it was just to keep him steady at night. No, it's it's all day. It's supposed to be doing that same thing all day. In a in a perfect world, I know you can't imagine this, but if he didn't eat, in a perfect world, that basal guard should hold him at like eighty five. 24 for 24 hours it's hard to get right don't get me wrong but that is the that is the overarching goal of that medication that's what it's for okay i'm going to ask you to 
listen to the defining diabetes episodes. Okay. They're short. And so you'll get through them quickly. Um, they're in your, they're in your podcast app, but you can find them at diabetesprotip.com too, if you need them in a list. Um, because there are some pretty basic terms that you don't know yet. And you're going to, so these, these shorter episodes, like you'll scroll all the way to the bottom. There's a list of them. There's, um, I think it starts around 236, number 236. It's bolus, basil, honeymoon, A1C. Um, some of these are, you know, just a few minutes long to 20 minutes long. They're me and, a, and my friend Jenny. She's a CDE and she's had diabetes for almost 33 years now. As a matter of fact, for everybody listening, we're going to do like a big like online card for Jenny for her 33rd anniversary. Uh, but we'll talk about that later. Standard deviation, extended bolus, algorithms, non-compliant. Like there's just a ton of, there's a ton of um, just terms that if you understand not just what they mean, but how they work, they become tools in a toolbox. So do that, um, get through those. And then once you get through those or at the same time, I mean, you should start the diabetes pro tip episodes. So it's going to be like this phone call, except much more focused topic to topic. And they, right. they started episode 210 and you'll find them on that page as well. Um, okay. I think you're, I think this is usually something I end up saying to a lot of people. You are seeing it, right? Like you're seeing the problems and you just don't have enough tools to do something about it. And it doesn't sound like your doctor is doing much more than saying things like, let's change his carb ratio to one to 18 at breakfast and see what that does. Is that about it? That's exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't going to work. Because one to 18 might be too much. Like if we get his basil right, you might find his breakfast is one to 14. You might find his lunch is one to 10. Maybe not. I don't know. But we're never going to know for sure while his basil is this far off. So... And you need to understand what the basal insulin does. You need to understand what all this stuff does or you can't like, imagine you're going a thousand miles an hour in a car and you're in control of it. And you don't know which one's the brake. Like that's where you're at right now. So let's teach you what the brake is and then you'll do better job when you need it. Um, but I'm saying just based on this graph and what we've talked about so far, we're going to try another unit of basal at night tonight and starting at his very next meal, you're going to bolus him sooner. Can I ask is what's the last time he's eaten today? It's 1047 right now. Or is it 1047 where you are? Yeah. Okay. What time has he eaten last today? Um, He had breakfast around eight, but he's, we gave him eggs first and then gave him regular food, carb food. Okay. So um, probably. Like eight thirty, he was done. Maybe eight thirty o'clock. Nine thirty, ten thirty, two hours, fifteen minutes ago. What's his blood sugar right now? Um, might be too far away from him. It says two forty two. Okay. All right. I don't like this any more than you do, but go tackle him and give him a unit of insulin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, because I want you, I want you to. Make a bolus here with an intention of getting his blood sugar to 120. If that's a unit, if, if he really is one for 115, then that's perfect. Give him a unit and let's see what happens. Because you either didn't pre-bolus his meal, which I don't think you did, 
or you didn't use enough insulin for his meal, or a combination of those two things. And so he's now 240. He does not have enough basil, so he's going to he, he's gonna drift up till the food's out of him, till it's been digested, and then his basil's just going to hold him steady wherever he's at. And he's just going to sit there. So drive him down and see if it'll sit there. Now, if you drive him down to 110, like say you give him this unit, and 90 minutes from now, he's 110. And... Two hours from now, he's still right in that area, and he's sitting stable. Well, then, hey, guess what? Your six units of basil is good. We don't have to give him seven tonight, but you need to do a better job at meals. And that might mean that these ratios are off, and you're not pre-bolusing. So let's take a shot at it today, and I'm going to keep in touch with you, okay? So take a shot at it. To, take a shot at it right now. Try to drive him down to 110, and then I want to see what happens. Does he go down at all? Does he go down and stay stable? Does he go down and bounce back up? And now if he goes down and it looks like it's going to be too far, like say he gets to like, you know, he's 80 and he's one arrow down, like an hour from now. Well, then that was too much. But don't give him an entire juice box. Like give him a couple of sips. Try to stop the arrow. Because if you just throw in 15 carbs, then it's very likely that, his blood sugar is going to stop going down like it did yesterday at six o'clock and then shoot back up again because you've got all these carbs in them that are uncovered because you didn't bolus for them and your basils might be wrong. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, is it reasonable to ask you to jump back on and do this again for like a postmortem for like 15 minutes tomorrow? Yeah, that's fine. Even though it's Easter? Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't care. Yeah, I don't I'm care. I guess it. it depends on what time. All right. Well, whatever time is good for you. I just, I don't want to just leave you in, in the lurch. I want to, I want to figure out what, what, what happens. Um, right. I'll tell you. So what, can I, can so I ask a question you can though? ask a lot of questions. Go ahead. So if we do the unit now, so we've pretty much stuck to, and I know it, I know it's not right, but we're kind of like, we have no idea how to do <laughs> like a unit without giving him food and stuff. You know what I mean? Like he, sure. he's going to be eating lunch probably in the next hour and a half. Oh, I would definitely. So if, we, now. if we gave him a, a unit now, I guess our thing is that we don't, we've never really done that. We've never like corrected for his blood sugar alone. Yeah. So here's how I would think of it for you. If you think he's going to eat in the next hour, an hour and a half, then most assuredly give him the unit now. Um, and maybe give him a unit and a half and then consider this a correction and a pre-bolus. You could do that. Or you could just give him a unit now and let's see how far we get down. Like say you give him a unit now and an hour from now he's acting a little hungry, but his blood sugar is 150. Then in that case, what I would do is then bolus his meal, right? And then wait for a little bit of a downturn. Like say the one, they put the insulin in. And when you start seeing that insulin working and his 150 turns into like 130 of a diagonal down arrow, that kind of thing, because this is your first time, then go ahead and feed him. And now you've got insulin on your side. Now, now you're holding that rope and you told the insulin, hey, go ahead and pull. So now the, the interesting thing about when the insulin pulls is that it doesn't pull at full speed immediately. So it's not like a light switch. It's a slow burn. It's like it's like getting a tractor trailer up to speed. You know how you have to you got to shift through like 20 gears just to get it to like 40 miles an hour, right? So that's how insulin works. It's like it starts to pull but the rope doesn't move. 
And then five minutes later, you're standing back going, I think the rope is moving. I'm not sure. And then 10 minutes later, maybe it did just move a half an inch. 15 minutes later, oh, it is moving. 20, now it's moving a little more. Now you've got this this starting blood sugar. Let's say you start at 100. Now you're 20, 25 minutes later in whatever that space is. You're 80 diagonal down. Now you put that food in, right? He starts eating at 85 diagonal down. And as the food starts to hit him, boom, the insulin kicks in. So now the insulin's pulling as hard as it can at 85. Now the food's pulling as hard as it can at 85. Neither of them can win, and your blood sugar stays at 85. That's how people make a straight line on a graph. It's that easy. It, you know, it's not, it's incredibly difficult, but it's that easy. It's that, it's that simple, but it's difficult. But you yeah. have to have your settings right before any of that can work. Because if you're running in with that plan, with a deficit of basal and a carb ratio that you don't know is working while you're trying to fight with frozen chicken nuggets, a fruit strip, go-go, whatever the hell that is, and, and a crustable, <laughs> you're in trouble. Like, like, that's not, those foods are of the most difficult ones. Like the only way you can make that worse is if you gave him oatmeal and put fruity pebbles on top of it. Then I think maybe you could make it worse. <laughs> and he would definitely eat that. And he, oh, are you kidding me? As I'm saying it, I'm like, oh my God, why has no one ever put fruity pebbles on it? It kind of sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> it seems right. Um, okay. Yeah. Cause we vote, you know, when they, when we're in the hospital, they kind of scared us into our train of thought being, okay, this kid's only going to eat three meals a day. Yeah, it doesn't and seem like the snacks are going to be pork rinds and eggs. Like that's it. What, like we, what part we of the country ish do you live in? Um, upstate New York. Hmm, interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, listen, this ain't working, so you should try something different. And his blood sugar is higher, so I think the thing you need to try is more insulin in targeted areas. Um, and I think you need to kind of. You know, like I said, like do a little studying. We get some of those other episodes in, kind of fill your toolbox up. Tell your husband, I said, shut up and listen. Like, who cares what he thinks? Just do it. Um, <laughs> by the way, when you're listening, um, and this is a personal favor to me, uh, please don't listen on the same phone so that I get credit for two downloads. I'd like you to listen on one phone <laughs> and to listen on another one. Thank you very much. I no, yeah, I listen at work when I'm at work all day. Yeah. So he, if he, I don't know if he would hate me or like me, but the information's good. And, you know, neither here nor there what he thinks of me. So um, I do think that you guys, ironically, are only a couple of days away from a graph that you're like, holy crap, look at this. But you just don't know it. Um, like, aside from having to tackle him and not knowing anything about autism, if you sent your son here, I could get his blood sugar down and stable in the next four hours. Like, I, I could do that, but I know how to do it. And it'll take a little longer because he's MDI and we have to wait till tonight to get in some basil. And it sucks because he doesn't want a bunch of injections. But I would use Humalog to get his blood sugar down today. And then I would get the basil right and have it held there. Does that make sense? I also yeah. I also definitely would try to get a pump. I just think. Yeah, that- we're we're trying. We're. um, I don't know if you I mean, you obviously know, but they're coming out with a new Omnipod. Mm hmm. And or an updated version, and we're trying to figure out if we get it now, if we'll qualify for an update, updated version to when the, that comes to the, out to the algorithm. You want to get to the um, Omnipod Five? Yes, yeah, yeah. I really w- would like that. I bet, you, I bet you would. Do you have other kids? Yes. Oh my gosh! Wow. Uh, 
How many? Tell me. Well, we have one that is 11 and we have one on the way. So you're preggers. Yep. <laughs> Brave and or stupid people. Good for you. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> which, which are you brave or stupid? Tell me. <laughs> well, we found out we were pregnant before Gage. We found out about his diabetes. So no. Oh, I see. Gotcha. I also like found out you were pregnant. Did you have any inkling you might be? Yes. Eh, Acting like you're 10. You don't know how it happens. I know. (laughs) You found out you were pregnant when you got the invitation to the wedding. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So any other questions? I don't think so. I think we'll try that. And, you know, we really, I really don't like, I I mean, even in the hospital, they, I was so surprised that they let us leave the hospital and his sugar was like 300. Yeah. And so when we left the hospital, like, okay, they let us leave and it was 300. So we could probably get away with him being 300. You know, we had that mindset. Sure. And so when I'm listening to your podcast and people are talking about, you know, a high, the year, you know, a high for you was over 120. And it's like, Holy crap. Well, <laughs> Our kid is like high all the time. <laughs> I have I have a question. I um prior to the diabetes, I mean he's always been autistic, right? I mean you've known he's his, about his autism forever ish, I would imagine. Six months. Sort of. Yeah, yeah. Sort of, yeah. Okay. But you have a feeling for who he was before the diabetes. Is he different now? More aggravated, easier to set off, moodier? Um, I mean, his, his lifestyle changed a little. So I think that he's, you know, he's home all the time now, which he wasn't before. Mm-hmm. So that is different for him, but no, I, you're not sure about I the don't rest. Think, I don't think I, I don't really think so. <laughs> because a lot of people don't recognize when their blood sugars are high constantly, that it's, it's um, impactful on your brain. And it makes people short-tempered and cloudy and confused sometimes. And so you may see um, a change in him after a, a couple of weeks of his blood sugar being lower and more stable. Does he know when he's dizzy? No. I mean, when he's been low before, like very low, and he just, you know, it act, acting totally fine. Okay. I just didn't want to, like, bring him down too quickly and have him, because he could get, because people can get dizzy at higher numbers than dizziness really exists, but it's still real. So, right. you know, when your body becomes accustomed to higher blood sugars and then even like a, I, I helped a girl one time and she was like, like falling over dizzy at like 150, but her blood sugars were constantly 250. Mm. So it took her, a, it took her a number of days to get accustomed to it. And then she was fine eventually. Um, um Yeah. Yeah, so that I just wasn't sure about that. So your your overall goals are, if we're just talking about blood sugars, are stability, spikes that don't go over one sixty. You, I want you to get into a, a world where one sixty is like a miss and one eighty is a complete fuck up. Okay, um, and when you're away from food or bolus insulin, stability that exists more between eighty five and one ten. Okay, so that's the ability that we saw last night that was basically between 180 and 220. We want that stability to exist more 85 to 110 overnight. And you yeah. do that and you start pre-bolus the meals and you dial in these settings a little bit 
and his A1C, his next A1C will be yeah, 6.5 probably. And I'm guessing now it's more like, hold on one second. For some reason, a guess did not pop right into my head. So let me do a little checking. Is his A1C in the nines right now? So the last time we had it done was actually when he was diagnosed and it was 9.6, I think. Mm. Average blood sugar of 230 is 9.6. So it would be interesting for you to know that I just pulled up a little glucose calculator that, by the way, is available at juiceboxpodcast.com. And I typed in 230 because I think that's about your average blood sugar. And it popped up A1C 9.6. So um, I when do you when's he going to get it done next? I guess he hasn't had it done in a while because of COVID. Yeah, yeah, and it's we. He's like the most difficult person to get blood drawn. Gotcha. So you're gonna like, well, it takes listen, like four people to hold him down. Well, here's the good news, right? <laughs> if you if you Arden, by the way, want for years, no trouble ever, never any trouble. And one year, I forget how old she was. She just decided she didn't like needles anymore. And in the endo's office, like she was backpedaling into a corner up the table into like if she was Spider-Man, she'd have been on the ceiling. And um, <laughs> the nurse looked at me like, what is happening? I was like, oh, no. And it lasted for a couple of years. Like she she was able to do it finally, but in a panic the whole time. And then one day it just went away. Now she gets blood draws. She's like, here you go. She just throws her arms out. She watches while the needle goes in. I don't know what happened, but she freaked out for a little while. Um, not to say that it's going to get any better for Gage. I'm not. Sure. But um, what I am going to say is that if you have a CGM, you can be reasonably assured of his of his A1Cs using like their clarity app. Right. And so maybe that's a thing you can save him from is having to get those blood draws that are just for A1Cs. Yeah, I think they want to test them for other stuff like celiac and um I can't remember what yeah, else. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna want to test him for celiac. It's very common with type ones. Um, he'll, they'll probably want to test his thyroid function as well. Yeah, that's yep. what it was. Right, thyroid. and um, the thyroid thing's a pill. If he has that, that shouldn't be difficult for him. But my God, if that poor kid has celiac, I know how, how the hell is he going like, to eat? I have no clue what the kid would eat. Yeah, no clue. <laughs> huh. I don't think he does. I mean. He doesn't I mean, have a lot of stomach all pain. Eats carbs. I think we would know. <laughs> you think he would just be walking around holding his stomach constantly going, I think right. there's something wrong with my stomach. Uh, yeah. So, all right. So let's do this. Um, is he still 240 ish? Yeah. All right. If you want, you can send me his Dexcom and I'll watch it overnight for you so we can talk okay. about it. Do you want to do that? Yeah. The, with the Dexcom share thing? Yeah. I'll follow him for like the next day or so. And we'll get back together tomorrow and talk for maybe a 20 minutes. Sure. Okay. Um, I'm going to say, so I'm going to push stop on the recording and I'm going to give you an email address to send me his next comment. Most podcasts would split this into two episodes to try to double their downloads, but I'm not a scumbag like that. So just listen to one more ad and then we'll get back to it. <laughs> it's not really an ad actually. It's, um, I don't know if I ever explained that before. T1D Exchange is not an advertiser. I get compensated when you complete the survey. So it's not technically an advertiser. It's me using up my space on my podcast to let you know about it. It's uh, splitting hairs, but neither here nor there. That's how it works, and I think it's important that you know. Now that we're past that, the T1D Exchange is looking for type 1 adults and type 1 caregivers who are U.S. residents 
to participate in a quick survey that can be completed in just a few minutes from your phone or your computer. After you finish the questions, and they are simple, I actually did it in about seven or eight minutes, you will be contacted annually to update your information and to be asked further questions. This is not an intrusive process. It's just an email. This is 100% anonymous, completely HIPAA compliant, and does not require you to ever see a doctor or go to a remote site. So this is your opportunity to impact type 1 diabetes research right from your home. Now, every time someone completes the process using my link, t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox, the podcast benefits. So if you've been looking for a way to help people with type 1, research, or the podcast, nothing could be easier or more beneficial. So one more time, go to T1D Exchange by using my link. It's right there in the show notes of your podcast player, or you can type it into a browser, t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. When you get there, click on Join Our Registry Now, and after that, just simply complete the survey. It's super easy to do, and it'll help a lot. Past participants like you have helped to bring increased coverage for test strips, Medicare coverage for CGMs, and have made changes to the ADA guideline for pediatric A1C goals, which is a really big deal. People filled out that survey, and they took that data and impacted how the ADA talks about A1C guidelines. That's important because that's how endocrinologists hear about goals. So the reason that your endo right now isn't trying to keep you at an 8A1C is in part due to the T1D exchange and the data that they collect from people who take the surveys. It's a big, big deal. It seems like it might not be, but it's huge. I'm excited to imagine what your participation might lead to. And I'm personally trying to add 2,000 people to the registry by the end of Diabetes Awareness Month. I hope you can help me. T1DExchange.org forward slash juice box. Thanks for listening to that. Uh, now let me catch up here. Katie and I spoke. I started following her child on Dexcom. We texted back and forth over a number of days. Then we got back together and recorded this follow-up. You ready? Here we go. Okay, you are being recorded. So I appreciate you coming back and spending a couple more minutes with me. I expect you're going to talk a lot more this time and ask a lot more this time. So I'm just going to ask you, it's been five days since we spoke. How are things going? Um, so they're kind of went the opposite direction. Okay. So instead of being, I mean, he still has highs, but instead of being really high all the time, he's kind of now we're dealing with a lot of lows and we're thinking that maybe that has to do with maybe the, in, the hemolog, the, the insulin that he gets when he eats, maybe that needs to be cut back. Okay. All right, let's figure it out for you because your your graph over the last number of days is exponentially better overall. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Everything that's happening is happening lower now, not higher, which is right. which is amazing. Um when you do find well this last day this last 24 hours if I'm looking at it and I am then I go back to last night and I'm looking overnight. So you're correcting high blood sugars. Luckily, your blood, the high blood sugars you're correcting are now under 200, which is really exciting. Um, yeah. And you, even when you're high and stable, 
all the way overnight, you were higher and stable between like 140 and 160 ish. Um, then there's this big bolus at 9 a.m., drops really fast. And then, okay, so all we did so far was move the basal up one unit, right? From six to seven. Yep. Okay. And I, I actually thought for the first couple of days that looked incredibly stable to me. Like, like I didn't see a lot of lows that were from, I didn't see any lows that were from basal. As a matter of fact, now, even looking at the last 24 hours, I don't see any lows that are from basal. I see them from corrected high blood sugars. And you're getting like, like today, as an example, around one mm, thirty, there's a little bit of like a 60, 65 blood sugar. And then it, it pops over the next 20 minutes up to like 75 or 80 levels. And then two hours later, he's 250. So what do you know what happened there? So we can talk it through. Um, so Zach was actually home with him today and he went low and I believe he corrected for it. He's he, so the low that you're seeing was like, okay, we need to do something because it's going to go lower, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. He gave him <clears throat> like a 15 gram carb gram, whatever fruit strip. And then it seemed like he was going to be all right. And then it, Gradually, it just started going up. Yeah, 15, 15 carbs of something that sugary without insulin is never going to be okay. I would imagine. I mean, unless unless his blood sugar was sixty five and two arrows down, which the graph doesn't make it feel like it, it, it that was the case to me. Um, but yeah, but see, so are you looking at it? Do you see it? Yeah, I have it. Okay, so just in general. We're, 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 we're still looking at like timing issues. Like you're either bolusing the meal and it's getting away from you and then you're correcting the meal and the, it's either dropping super fast straight down or fat, not fast at all, but still falling over hours and hours and hours and ending up lower. So when that happens to me, that's a good indication that your meals are mistimed or you're not using enough insulin, like you're saying, or too much insulin, you know, one or the other at your meal time. So what do you think is happening at the meals? Um, I really think that it's the, <clears throat> excuse me, mm-hmm. that it's the actual amount of insulin we're giving him. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe now it's too much. Because you're also um, pre-bolusing now. Yeah, because he's definitely pre-bolusing. And I, and I know that he's, you know, he's pretty much talking to me all day. Like, okay, I waited 10, 15 minutes and, and then he eats and then it's like, holy crap, he's like dropping super fast. And then, you know, we just give him something else. Um, but it seems like since we changed the basil that he's been having a lot more of these lows after he eats. And the only thing that I can think of is that his humalog is just, there's too much being given for that now. Yeah, because we really did two things on day one. On day one, we gave him another unit of basil. Um, and you started to pre-polis the meals. So I think of that as two d- distinctly different steps. And like I said, the basil, I think is, I know you had to correct a 65 today, but the truth is, is that 
he was on the lower side from 930 till one, but he was still between like 65 and 75 in that time. So there's still stability there, but the, what you really need to look at from that is that it came out of a, this 9 a.m. 177 blood sugar that somebody hit very hard because it dropped like a stone in like 35 minutes down to 60. Mm -hmm. So everything that's happening after that big drop is, I think, precipitated by the big bolus that brought you from the 170-ish down to the 60. So that bolus was, see how fast it worked? Like to me, that means you put in a lot of insulin that didn't have a lot of resistance. And then it gets down, and I'm assuming he ate in there as well. Um, yeah, I think a lot of that, I would be hard-pressed to say that the basil is the issue, is what I'm saying. I, I think you're definitely right. And let's talk about why for a second. Because before, when you weren't using enough basil and you weren't pre you needed more insulin to stop the spike. Because the blood sugar just didn't have any resistance coming from anywhere. It didn't have any resistance coming from a timing aspect because you were pre and it didn't have enough resistance from a basal aspect. So you fix the basal or make the basal a little more aggressive, and then you start putting the insulin in sooner that gets it working sooner. So that just makes sense to me that then you're right. You're probably using, you were probably using too much meal insulin back then. And you need to probably take some of it out now. Um, I think that's probably your next step. So what's his um, insulin to carb ratio? Um, trying to remember. I had it in front of me. So he gets... Um, he gets... Um, I'm trying to think because they're all different. 16, I think, for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Although... We noticed with the um, with it going down, Zach had changed everything back to to an older number that we had before. Yeah. So he was getting, so he changed it to like twenty. Good. Um, but then that still he still dropped pretty low. Yeah, it's it, so, so. I think we're just gonna like tweak it a little bit. That's and what see I would say. If that if that helps. Yeah. No, hundred percent. I would say that that you're gonna have to like play experiment in here a little bit and keep changing the, the ratio for the food until you're getting uh, a pre bolus that doesn't result in a spike. Or if it is a spike, it comes back down and gets level. It doesn't come back down and, and fall or, you know, you don't have to put in insulin to make it come back down. You just want it to sort of happen. You know, we don't care if he goes up a little bit, as long as it's gentle and not spiky. Right. Yeah. And does it make, does the reasoning why make sense to you after I said what I said? Yeah. Okay. It makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Do you, I was already kind of thinking that. Good. Yeah. No, no, you're, you, you, I felt like you got a lot out of our other conversation. Um, because, because you guys really like the, the two days afterwards were just exceptionally good. And you were just still figuring stuff out. It's, and listen, to say that you're not going to figure out pre-bolusing in four days is an understatement. Like you're going to have to, you know, you're going to need some more time to figure it out. But you're not creating, you're not creating scary, panicky lows. Um, and so, you know, and his blood sugar right now is 109, which is just amazing, you know. Um, yeah. Do you have any questions? No, I mean, um, 
the only thing is that we we just got approved like fully approved for the omnipod dash oh cool and so we're setting up um we're setting up going to his the hospital and having them train train us on it mm-hmm. and having him you know put put it on him for us and all that fun stuff yeah um and at that time we'll be able to um control his basal like hourly right so we can you know if we notice a low at a certain time of day we can just change it yep you should when it'll, you, be, it'll be easier oh my god it's so much easier <laughs> Once you <have> that. <laughs> the first time somebody explained to me what an insulin pump was it felt like they gave me like an on-off switch for basal, which was always my biggest like concern was once you injected it, it was in there and you couldn't do anything about it. You know, right. um, your basal rate per hour should start in my estimation a- around 0.3 an hour. Watch that the hospital doesn't try to like make it 0.1 or something like that. And, and then tell you like, uh, Oh, we just want to make sure like it's not too much because if they make it 0.1, his blood sugar is going to be 250 constantly. And so, you know, 0.3, it might end up being 0.25, you know what I mean? At some point, maybe overnight, it'll be 0.2, like, I don't know, but it isn't going to be like 0.1 or 0.15 in my, in my estimation. So just kind of pay attention to that when you make the switch. Um, when are you doing it? Do you know? Um, so we asked to do it in person because they, they asked if we wanted to do it virtually mm-hmm. or in person, but um, we're not comfortable doing it on our own. So the first time, at least. And yeah. so um, we just have to wait for them to tell us when we can come in person. So hopefully because we should be getting it, getting all the materials tomorrow and in, in the mail. That's excellent. So we should probably next week or the week after, at least. Excellent. Very cool. That's a, that's amazing. Yeah. I think, And he's going to be OK with it, right? Because he leaves the Dexcom alone. So he should be fine yeah. with the pump, right? Every once in a while he touches it, but... <laughs> He's not ripping it off and throwing it across the room or something like that. No. Yeah. yeah. Actually, the day that I was talking to you, we got our, so I went on to touch by type one Mm -hmm. and he got the box that they give to people who are newly diagnosed and it came with the demo. Oh, the pod demo was in there. Cool. Yeah. So it was cool. So I just stuck it on him and to see, you know, how he does with it on like his back area. Cause we're trying to figure out where to stick all the stuff. Yeah. And he, he was fine with it. That's so we're cool. thinking, yeah, he's going to do okay. I'm excited because you two, uh, you and your husband, I thought, I thought made like a quick adjustment. Like it all seemed to make sense and you're, you're, you're doing a great job. Like I, it's, I know the, his graph's not super like, like smooth and straight and everything. And you're probably thinking like, Oh, you know, but it's so much better. Like it really is like, it's just, do you feel better about it in general? Yeah. I mean, I feel way better about it because I was just so glad that, um, Zach actually was on board with it and, you know, he felt comfortable with it because he's the one that's with him, you know, all day long. So I was really happy to that, you know, you kind of convinced him, about all this stuff <laughs> i ended up i ended up texting with him by mistake i think because your phone died like the yeah. the day or something after we <laughs> talked and so i ended up texting with him and he asked me a couple questions and i just answered them and you know uh it's funny because guys text so much differently than women do it's it's like yes no thank you good 
<laughs> uh, but no, I, I felt like he understood everything I'm seeing, you know, as I look at this CGM tells me that you're doing a good job and it's, and it's making sense to you and you're going to, you're going to figure it out, you know, like it's coming around. I have to tell you right now, um, of the four people I'm following right now, your son has absolutely the best blood sugar of the four of them, including my kids. So, um, so he's doing really good. I got a 109, a 134, a 146, and a 67 on here. So, uh, wow, you're you're winning <laughs> in my <Yay>. opinion. <laughs> um, a 67 is pretty stable, though. All right, well, listen, that's true. We, um, <laughs> we'll have to, uh, we'll have to, we'll have to, uh, to have a little race at the end. Um, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to unfollow him if that's okay with okay. you, unless you want me to follow him a little longer. And if you do tell me if like, if you're going to try something and you want me to look back at it, that's fine. I don't have a problem one way or the other. Just tell me if you need me again, or if you want me to be gone. Okay. I mean, at, at, at this point, you know, I think it's fine if you unfollow him. If I feel like I need your opinion on something, I can just, you know, we can just resend it. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Cause I think when I know what our next steps are, but I mean, we're going to be getting on the pump anyway. So mm -hmm. not like we're going to be able to do too much in that time frame. Yeah. I think just keep working on your pre boluses, uh, keep adjusting the amount of insulin you're using at meals and, you know, just try to react. Um, I mean, you're doing a really great job. Like, listen, when, when you and I got on the other day and we started talking, I had no idea your son had autism. And that must add like a level to this that I just can't possibly fathom. You guys are doing a really, really good job. And you're so new at it. Like this is April. You've only been at this like five months or so, right? So um, mm -hmm. you guys are killing it. Like you really are. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely don't feel bad about anything if you even had the inclination to feel badly. Work on the pre-bolusing. Um, keep in mind. And then, you know, tell your husband to keep paying attention. Like, you know, I put a strip of this this stuff in to correct and it was too much next time. Let me try giving him a quarter of a strip of it. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. It doesn't have to be the whole thing just because he opened it. And, um, and he'll learn how to kind of bump those blood sugars around a little bit and you'll be on your way. It, is Zach listening to the pro tip episodes? I, I think that he maybe has started listening to some cause Good. he, you know, I was using all these new terms that I didn't think he knew, <laughs> <laughs> That's but awesome. I don't know for sure. I really don't know. Well, <laughs> I, I did though. I listened to podcasts all day at work, yeah. so I listened to pretty much all of them Right, and you know, they were great. Well, they were really informative. I'm glad. I'm glad. Just, Hey, look, let him know that I think it would be a great idea if he listened. Cause he's, he's super close. He's just got to think about it a certain way and it'll start working out. Right. That's it. I appreciate you jumping mm -hmm. back on. Anything else? Any questions? Well, Anything? I don't think so. All right, I'm I calling you. All your help. Well, you're very welcome. I'm calling you a win, and I am unfollowing your son. Done. <laughs> I am no longer seeing your private life. Um, you absolutely send me a note if you need anything, okay? Okay. All right. Katie, hold on one second. Go on. Because I, I'm sorry. I'm turning the recording back on because I should have said this to you. There's <laughs> two possibilities in here. We fixed his basal, and now you have to fix the meal ratios. Or now that you're pre-bolusing, maybe the basal could go back to six. I don't know which is which. That's the thing you're going to pay attention to over the next couple of days. So if you start getting better and better at the pre-bolusing, 
and you start finding stability at like 90, then you say to yourself, okay, great, we're looking good. But if you start getting better at the pre-bolusing, but the stability you have is still too low in the 60s or the 70s, then maybe you have to take the basal back to where it was. Does that make sense that maybe because you weren't pre-bolusing before, the basal wasn't the problem and we kind of fixed the problem a little bit. Like, so do you know what I'm saying? Like as, as crazy, I was almost cursed, but as crazy as that sounds, it could end up being one of those things. Yeah. I mean, okay. I, I can understand that. Um, my thought, my only thought is that. So like at some point today, I'm not looking at his graph right now, but um, he was steady for a while mm-hmm. and it was right before, I believe it was right before lunch. And so I said to Zach, I was like, you know, you're going to pre this and then watch him. Cause if he goes low, then you know that it's the humalog and it's not the basal. Right. I, I don't, I don't think I want it for clarity. I don't think the basal is a problem. I just want you to remember that it's an option that there are two different insulins working here. And then by the, you know, by the way, you're going to get on a pump and then it's, you know, and then you're going to have more control over the basal. Then you could, then you could start doing like 0.25 an hour, you know, and see how that goes. And um, you could get kind of granular with it because, it, you know, either six or seven might not be the, the right thing. Maybe it's six and a half a day he really needs. You know what right. I mean? So you'll have that kind of fine tuning when you when you get the pump too. Right. Plus, if he, it, it, you know, like I said, maybe he needs 0.3 during the day and he'll need 0.25 or 0.2 overnight. Like I'm making up numbers, but if that happens, you can you can make that change. And now you're not just counting on this insulin to go in one time a day and magically take care of 24 hours, basically. Anyway, I just wanted to say that to you so that people could hear it too. Um, I don't want to keep you. I know it's late uh, in the evening. Probably have to go feed your family and avoid things and hide, watch TV and stuff. <laughs> Is it about what you're going to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, I'm going to push the button and shut this off again. Huge thanks to Dexcom for sponsoring this episode of the Juicebox podcast. Find out more about the Dexcom G6 at Dexcom.com forward slash Juicebox. There's links in your show notes and links at JuiceboxPodcast.com. Also, don't forget about that Omnipod promise. And don't forget that it's possible you're eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. And lastly, but not leastly, <laughs> that's not a word, uh, Katie, for coming on the show and having this rather private conversation in front of everybody. Thanks so much, Katie. I hope you and your family are doing well. I'll be back soon with another episode of the Juice Box Podcast.